0: Welcome to the Breezy Brides podcast, a podcast designed for brides planning their dream destination wedding. I'm your host, Deanna, and I'm here to offer you all of the resources, advice, and tips to make planning your destination wedding a breeze. Let's get started. If you just want to introduce yourself, your name, your business, what you do, um, where you're located, all that fun stuff.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I am James Bergley. I own B All Inclusive Travel Agency. Uh, we are an agency consisting of four independent contractors operating in Florida, Wisconsin, Ohio, and Florida, uh, and Maryland. Um, but um, yeah, I'm based out of Baltimore. Well, about 45 minutes north of Baltimore, Maryland and what else what other question did i miss there i think we do we do destination weddings clearly um that's that's the main part of our business but we've been in the travel industry travel industry for about eight years i've been okay. in all my life okay um, yeah so i was actually a wedding photographer before i got into the travel side of
0: things. gotcha okay i actually live in wisconsin so
1: oh do you awesome. yeah
0: just kind of right in the center of, of Wisconsin. So I actually heard about you from, I don't know if you, I think, I don't know if you guys saw, we did a review and for the listeners as well, we did a review on, uh, the resort was El Dorado Royale with Courtney and Drew. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, I always ask them pretty much all their vendors that they use, because if they, especially if they recommend them, um, you know, we want to share, good people as much as we can. And she had um, so many great things to say about you. And I think she said she referred at least two other people to you guys as well. So obviously the service was great (laughs) enough to, you know, get other, convince other people to use you for their weddings too. So that's kind of how I found you was through her. So
1: Awesome no, 100 percent, yeah, Courtney sent a couple people our way. We actually had um one of her friends just return back. She just got married about a month ago. Oh, okay, actually so um so yeah she's been she's been a great referral, but hands down uh providing the good service leads to leads to more more people getting married. it's pretty
0: yeah, and she i I guess my next question would be, you kind of already touched on it, but so you were doing photography first, what made you want to switch to this?
1: Well, it was, it's an interesting story. So I, I was a photographer as soon as I graduated college and I, 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 I loved what I did. Um, But I didn't just shoot weddings. I, I shot politics. I shot um, Mm. sports. I shot everything. Cause I was, you know, I was outside of like the Baltimore DC area. So it's just a good area for that type of stuff. Anyway, shot corporate events and I shot weddings. Um, So I did around anywhere from 40 to 60 weddings every single year um, for about 15 years. And it, not that I didn't love my job, but it's a lot of work weddings. Um, And I I really had a great time doing it and I miss going to a party every weekend. It was a great time, (laughs) but I, I also have, um, I have a loose connective tissue disorder and that, medically it was just you know at the end of the wedding I would you know not be able to walk the next day Mm. um, and things like that and I had some wrist issues that were coming about and um, basically all my connective tissues they just they're too loose so I knew overall photography was not going to be sustainable in the long term Um, so I did it as much as I could but part of when I was a photographer I was shooting local weddings in the Baltimore D.C. area but I was also shooting destination weddings okay. that was really where my passion was um was getting into the destination wedding world i just you know for me i i know i'm biased but i there's just no comparison from a local mm-hmm. wedding to a destination wedding i had fun at my local weddings but as i tell my brides a local wedding's a night out and yeah. a destination wedding is multiple days completely different experience so you know it's going to a destination with all of your friends and family it's a once in a lifetime thing that's never going to happen again so completely different experience I had so much more fun at my destination weddings that's where my heart was and I knew that's where I wanted to be so I focused on making that the next career after photography and here we are today
0: yeah so are you the one who started Be All Inclusive yeah yeah okay awesome and to go along with being at destination weddings, how long were you doing destination weddings before you started Be All Inclusive?
1: So it was a little, it was a little overlay because initially I did not get into travel thinking this was going to be anything like it. Mm. So I got into travel with the, I guess I really hadn't accepted the fact that I wouldn't be able to shoot forever in life. And I got into travel thinking, hey, you know, my local photography business was going well, I was busy, you know, and everything was great. But how did I how do I scale a photography business? And there was no answer. I mean, I Mm. I tried to bring on other photographers and I I, it worked well. I just wasn't my heart wasn't in that. I didn't want to be somebody's manager. I wanted to be involved with my couples and I wanted to be at the wedding. So I decided that wasn't the way to go. And I was just, you know, I I knew I had a passion for travel. So I was like, you know what? Hey, I've got couples that are going through the process of everything anyway. Why don't I sell them their honeymoon? Why don't I become a travel
2: agent?
1: And And initially when I started, that was the only plan was, hey, make a couple extra bucks selling some couples their honeymoons. Um, And it was not like, let's get into destination weddings. Let's do all of that. Um, but then shortly after I started doing honeymoons, um, one of my clients, she was actually a model that I had shot with. She called me and she was getting married and she wanted me to shoot a wedding. Oh. But her wedding was in Jamaica. And so that was my first destination wedding I shot. Oh, okay. And I was not the travel agent. I was just a photographer. So there was a, a period of time where I was doing both for a little while, just doing honeymoons, not very serious about the travel agency side of things. But overall, I probably started that travel agent, started Be All Inclusive maybe eight, maybe nine years ago. Like not really good with the dates, but <laughs> somewhere around that time, the older you get, the more you try to block out how long it was. <laughs> <once. laughs> and then, you know, for a period of maybe three to four of those years, I was kind of just doing travel agency kind of part- time ish like you know hey we do a couple destination weddings we sold honeymoons but I was really still shooting weddings at mm. that um, and then it was a slow transition to me realizing hey I've got health problems with mm. not being able to walk after a wedding was not fun um, and, and I was like I can't continue this So it was that me coming to that realization of when am I gonna make that switch I need to start doing something else and it was just well hey I'm in for time in the travel world already let's let's be serious about this. And that's kind of how it developed. And now we do, you know, anywhere from four to eight wedding groups every single month.
0: Wow. And I just, I was just talking with a destination wedding photographer and she was saying how, you know, a lot of the times, because there's just kind of overall a general lack of knowledge, resources out there for destination weddings. A lot of the times brides go to, if they hire an outside photographer to help them answer all these questions that they have about their destination wedding. So I'm assuming you probably gained, gained a lot of experience just by shooting the weddings and then thinking, okay, I could do this, you know, more professionally um, on the yeah. travel side of things.
1: A hundred percent. I think it was a really big benefit to my clients to not only have me on the travel agent side of things, but I mean, I was, you know, for about, for I've traveled once a month for eight years. Wow. And for that time, I was going with our destination wedding clients. Some of them I was just a photographer for. Some of them I was a photographer and the travel agent for. Wow. You know, so, so I've been having that experience of going to so many resorts and going to so many destinations. You have that hands-on experience, so you know how it works. I mean, I knew how weddings work. Right. But with a destination wedding, it's not just wedding day like it is in the States. It's, you know, it's the welcome party that ABA, sometimes it's the plane ride to the destination, there's (laughs) things to cover on, right? So, because it's about the entire experience there, and it's maybe, maybe it's the party bus that you're you're taking from the airport to the resort, Um, but it was really, as a photographer, I went into a destination wedding with, hey, I'm here these three days, and I want to cover everything, Mm. because. My heart, in even in photography, my heart was more in destination weddings because I love the Caribbean, I love the islands, I love the the scenery. I you know give me a bride and groom and let me go and take photos. And you know, with my couples or my destination weddings, when I was shooting them, a lot of times we would do a day a morning session. So mm-hmm. we would do the, the welcome party the day of or day of, and they usually do a cocktail or something. And then on wedding day, you had all day long. And it wasn't just like, you know, traditional at home, six hours of coverage. or Yeah. But, and then the day after they, you know, a lot of our couples did like brunches or or had like catamaran cruise or something like that, that I'd also be going to, but we also did like a trash the dress session, basically that we usually did the morning after. Mm. And that was, um, you know, up at sunrise the day after your wedding isn't. Everybody's idea of a good time. But we got a lot of really cool stuff from it. And I was totally going into it with the idea of let's maximize our time. Let's really get the best photos and make the most out of this trip. So destination wedding, yeah, clearly I I love doing destination wedding.
0: Yeah. So I guess with your um transition to the travel side of things, a lot of the times if a bride, if a couple is debating even getting a travel agent or not, is kind of their first step, you know. And then most of the time. People who have any experience behind it say, yes, get a travel agent. So what's that process look like when a couple reaches out to you as far as, you know, debating using you or not? And then what do you expect from the couple? What, you know, what are the, some of the first things that you tell um, a couple as far as planning their destination wedding and their travel?
1: Yeah. So what I want to give, oh, I mean, to begin, I want to give an overview of the process so that, because There's so much confusion around the destination wedding process, and Mm -hmm. I agree there are just there are not many good resources out there. Um, You know, every every avenue that I was advertising as a local photographer when I was doing that, I'm no longer advertising with because they their market for destination weddings it just wasn't well developed and they just didn't have their resources planned out right. So. It is, it's a very challenging environment as, you know, somebody for a new bride coming in and not knowing what the processes are and how to do this. Yeah. And planning, a des- planning a wedding period is stressful. Planning a destination wedding is, you know, a lot of people go to destination wedding because they're like, oh, I want less stress. I want, you know, and
2: mm-hmm. it
1: can be in ways, but it's still planning a wedding. It's still, still, you know, it is still a stressful thing. So my first part of the process is just to make sure that my couple understands we do this all the time. You, you don't do this all the time, right? We do this (laughs) every day. It's what we live, eat and breathe. And I want them to know the process that we go through. So, you know, first step is just resort selection, And once a couple narrows down the resort, that's the hardest part Mm -hmm. um, about the entire process, to be honest. But there are so many factors to consider for a a couple that's considering doing a destination wedding. And unfortunately, there are many resources online full of incorrect information. (laughs) So, so, um, And as much as it is super helpful to talk to other people getting married doing destination weddings you really almost need to talk to other people that are doing destination weddings at your specific resort. Mm. The policies and whatnot can vary so much from resort to resort and destination to destination that, you know, it, it's just not, you, it's really very easy to get confused. So we have a long conversation about resort selection and that's, uh, you know, that's me narrowing down with a couple as far as you know, figuring out what's important to them and giving them all the variables to think about. Some of those, you know, are, you know, key one right away is family-friendly or adults only, Mm -hmm. all-inclusive or European plan, Um, you know, and mostly everybody goes all-inclusive at this point. But um, so those are really big factors right away. And then we're going into ease of access, Um, you know, where are most of your guests coming from? Mm. And, you know, to these destinations, we have direct flights or we don't. And, you know, we have so more, some destinations, we have a lot more airlift to than others. So ease of access for your guests, because the average stay for a destination wedding guest is three and a half days, Mm. somewhere between three to four days. So a lot of guests are not staying, you know, seven nights. And does it make sense for somebody to take a nine hour flight with a layover, three hour layover involved to get to your wedding when they're going to stay you know, three nights and then turn back around and two of their four days are, 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 are travel days. Yeah. So we give them those things to think about. We give them the resort, the resort, the incent, the benefits and the drawbacks for the resort. You know, is it cost effective for your guests? Is it cost effective for you? Um, you know, as the bride planning it, because it's not just the wedding portion. It's not just the travel portion, but it's the wedding portion mm-hmm. as well that you have to spend. So there, there's so many different variables um, to think about, but it, you know, step one is like, how do we narrow that down and figure out what's really important to that particular bride? Um, because there is no one size fits all. Um, and there is no one resort that is everything to everybody,
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, pluses and minuses to every single one. So once we do that, once we narrow down the resort selection, then it's just, it's smooth sailing from there. Mm-hmm. We, we explain the, you know which way is the best way to go, whether or not we do a contractor group, which 99% of the time is the best way to go for a destination wedding uh, room block, or if we do it a different way and we, you know, we do, we don't do a contracted group, but we explain how, you know, the booking procedures is which, what's the best way to book this resort for your group and your guests. And then, you know, then we're doing the easy stuff like setting up the website, making it easy for the guests to book and, you know, taking care of everybody's reservations. And that, mm-hmm. that part's easy. Once we get the first part down the first part. Yeah.
0: And along with, along with the resort selection, I think obviously that is, you know, the the biggest question right off the bat, do you require the couple to have a general budget? Because I think that's where a lot of people get caught off guard too, is, you know, there's a, there's a misconception that destination weddings are just cheap or cheaper, which can be the case, but sometimes depending on the resort, like you said, where they're traveling from, it ends up being more Costly than they thought, or co- more costly for their guests, so they don't think maybe it's worth it. So, do you do you try to get some sort of ballpark budget that they are striving for, or do you just kind of say, hey, if you want to go adult only, that's fine, but this is kind of what you're looking at cost wise, or you know, what dr- direction do you take there? It, it, I,
1: I do try to get a, a, an idea of their budget, mm-hmm. um, it, it, because it, it it varies so much resort to resort, and it, and and even within resorts that are comparable, maybe in guest price. Their comps and incentives that they're offering the group make one much more affordable Mm. for the bride and groom where the other one is not as affordable, even though their guest price is the same. So, you know, so you've got to take that in, in mind as in consideration as well. There's just so many factors. I, I give my clients, you know, an overview. I think on our on our website we give an overview. We give a couple of case studies um, of co- other couples that have been married at a couple of different resorts, and give a case study of, hey, these are the comps and incentives that they offered at that time because comps and incentives are often changing. Um, but at that time, this is what was offered. This is an outline of what they spent on the wedding. This is how outline of the comps and incentives they got back. So we can figure out what that total spend is. You know, a lot of our clients come to us with an idea of a budget and. Certainly, having been in local weddings in my area, um, you know, I there are many, many, many venues that start to to rent a empty ballroom for six hours for more than what most of our Mm. destination wedding couples spend (laughs) total on their entire wedding. So, um, so I I'm clearly biased there, but I mean overall, I'd say you know, on average, our clients, you know, if we're comparing an apples to apples venue and whatnot, um, I, I really think destination weddings are about a third of the cost yeah. of a local wedding, at least in our area. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly, you know, we've got there, our venues are like 20 grand to rent an empty hall, um, you know, and it's just kind of ridiculous and it's nothing else. <laughs> regarding your Right. Rent. Yeah. Um, destination, Our destination wedding brides are spending a lot less than our local, you know, my local brides did when I was a photographer, but it's helpful if the couple has an idea of what they want to spend. Um, Obviously it will vary based off guest count Mm -hmm. because, you know, obviously the guest count determines the private event cost. And it will also be helpful if the couple not only knows what they want to spend, but if they know what they, the least that they're going to ask their guests to spend Mm. to attend the wedding as well, because it's not just about the bride and groom. As much as you know, we want to say it is. It's also about the guest experience. It's also about how much they're spending. Who's going to be able to go to your wedding? Or Mm -hmm. you're not not picking a resort that's too expensive, and it's just you know way out of the ballpark for your your group of family and friends. But on the same side, you know, picking a cheap resort, there's downsides there too. Yeah. So um, you know that that can impact the service level and quality. So a lot of things to consider.
0: Yeah, and leading into that, as far as you know, that, like I said, that resort selection, do you only recommend resorts that you or someone on your team has personally been to for a wedding? Or do you um, kind of trust if they're within, you know, certain resorts are within a a larger conglomerate, if they're kind of part of that, you feel more comfortable?
1: No, (laughs) I don't feel more comfortable (laughs) with that. Because even within, like, I won't name the names, but even within some certain brand lines, There is great discrepancy between Mm. the properties. Um, So that is not even that, you know, even if they have one trusted brand that you've been to a X type of resort before, that does not go across the board um, in any way, shape or form, in my opinion. So. I do not, I mean, we'll, well certainly I've, I've been to a lot of resorts at this point, but the problem is there are so many opening on on the regular. <laughs> so, so, you know, actually I've just booked my flights before I hopped on this call to go to another resort that's opening in December. So there, there are just so many that are constantly opening. Um, you know, we certainly, the vast majority of our weddings are at resorts that we've been to because mm-hmm. I've traveled a lot, but I wouldn't hesitate to to, you know, to work with the resort that that I haven't been to, but I will seek um, some guidance from my colleagues and I will do my research and I will make sure, hey, is this legitimate? Do I, is this the right selection for this couple? Um, But the vast majority, I can't think of, I can't think of many weddings that I have, that we've done that hasn't been at a resort I've been to before. But yeah, I hope that answers your question. I, I think one thing to keep in mind as well, though, is that even though you may talk to somebody that's been to a resort before Mm -hmm. um, and they may say people tend to generalize. Okay. So there's, there's that problem, which is the challenge in the travel agency world. So people tend to generalize and they say, I've been to the Dominican Republic. I'll never go back
2: Mm.
1: because they had a bad experience. And I, I kind of like flip that around on people and say, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm north of baltimore right so i say yeah i you know people feel that way when they come to baltimore and they say yeah, yeah. i've been to baltimore i you know stayed at some hotel on route 40 and i'll never go back and neither would i yeah. <laughs> so but if i stay at the four seasons downtown i have a much different experience so people tend to generalize an entire destination based mm. on of their experience and there are just there's a resort for every budget there's a resort for every service class, right? So, you know, there are cheaper resorts that people may have a bad time at. A lot of people have a great time at because it's all subject to what they're used to.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, you know, so that that's a, a hard thing to, to kind of assess in every client. And that's why one of the questions I always ask everybody when I meet with them as well is where have you been before? What resorts have you stayed at? What did you like and what didn't you like? Because that's giving me feedback because I've been there. And mm-hmm. it's giving me feedback about what they do and don't like based off of how they answer those questions. And the other caveat to that is that remember that resorts are constantly investing in themselves. Um, so they are going through renovations on the regular. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're not talking small renovations, we're talking multi million dollar renovations in many cases uh, where they're shutting down the resort and they're completely redoing everything. Um, and a lot of times when it opens up, it opens up like a brand new resort. Yeah. So, just a prior experience doesn't always lead to, you know, what should be done in the future. That's why it's, our job is important to constantly travel and constantly see mm-hmm. see what's going on, you know, and as much as we make it look like we're just enjoying the beach when I travel, um, it's really full of meetings. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it is still work, I promise. <laughs> so.
0: Yeah. And I think to piggyback off of that is, um, kind of what we were talking about with these, you know, larger conglomerate resort names. They all advertise that they do weddings. but you know, the more the more you look into destination weddings, there's definitely specific resorts who cater to the destination wedding side instead of just having a wedding there. And those are, you know, a lot of a lot of brides don't know that when looking at, you know, they look at the resort and they think, it looks great. I want to get married there. They say they have weddings there. but, weddings might not really be their forte and it's going to be more of a mess or more stressful than it's really worth to just be at that resort.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That, that can happen. Um, that can happen for sure. And, and you know, it's important to, (laughs) I I don't want to call out resorts. I'm trying to do this without doing that. (laughs) But it is, it's an important thing to see how they handle their weddings. And really, that's why I think it's so important to talk to other people who have gotten married there, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, as much as you can. There's Facebook groups pretty much for every resort out there. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, there's a weddings group, you know, or there's a fans group, um, and trying to communicate with those people who have gone through the process at that particular resort because it is so resort specific. But there there are resorts that, you know, Based off of my experience with it, quite honestly, are absolutely stunning, beautiful resorts that I have no hesitancy in going to for a vacation. But their weddings team—something about how they handle weddings just leaves a lot to be desired. Mm-hmm. And for a couple that's considering getting married there, it's just going to add a lot of stress, undue stress, on them. So you know, it, it, I do tell my my clients like. Don't fall in love with the resort Mm. based off of just your experience. Like we really got to consider all of these factors, you know, because it it will add to your stress level overall if it's a resort that's difficult to deal with. However, a lot of times in those instances, we strongly recommend hiring an outside planner
2: Mm. and
1: using an outside planner so that they are the contact point with the resort and the, our couples don't have to deal with the resort. Yeah. Yeah. That can be super helpful.
0: If they're really adamant about being at, you know, having it at that resort, it's worth the extra, it sounds like extra work, but really in the long run to make it less stressful
1: overall. It it is. And it's like, it's so hard for me because I'm like, I never want anybody to think like, I'm telling you, you have to get married here. Like, that's not saying so. Like, I really want my couples to like, just evaluate all the different factors, all the pluses and minuses and make your own decision. Um, you know, so I, it's a touchy subject that I'm always like careful on because I'm like, I don't want to, I don't want to impact people's decision that way. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. So the next question is kind of twofold. So, prior to COVID, or maybe even prior to when destination weddings really became popular, a lot of people used an agent, travel agent locally to them um, because they could meet them in person and, you know, feel like they could trust them if they met them in person. And then COVID happened and people, I think just overall generally have been realizing I don't really need to have a travel agent that lives in the same town as me. So my first question is how do people find you? Um, is it mostly through referral sources or your website? And then, For brides who are realizing maybe I don't need somebody locally to me, what should should they be searching for in a travel agent? What are some red flags to really find the one for them?
1: Yeah. So, regarding us and how people find us, I mean, so much of it at this point is just referral based. Yeah. Uh, So, because we just handle so many weddings that when, you know, destination weddings are so great because everybody, any guest that goes to a wedding, I always say, like, hey, you're, you know, amongst my, Friends and family, like what weddings do we constantly talk about? Like Mm. in the rest of the years of our lives, it's not the local weddings. It's it's hey, remember that time we were all in Mexico? Yeah. (laughs) So because that was a whole different experience. But you know, within that, the guests go and they have an amazing time, and a lot of couples will decide to have a destination wedding when they're Mm. there and they say this is awesome. It's a great experience, and they're talking about it forever because they've built so many great, amazing memories there. That they want to do the same thing.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, literally, a couple of weeks, I've got. Uh, actually, no, that's from November, but I've got another bride um, who's the brother of the one of our prior brides, oh getting married at the exact same resort. Wow. <laughs> the, the exact same. It's just round two. <laughs> <laughs> so they're twins. So 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 um, so that happens a lot. That's the uh, referrals is really the bulk of our business. But past that, um, really, social media has been how people mm-hmm. find us. You know, we, we, we highlight, you know, our guest experience. We highlight our, our destination wedding couples experiences throughout our Instagram stories and all that. So social media has been a huge part of how we bring on um, customers as well. But what was the second part of your question? Oh, it it's kind of red flags as far as what you would, um, you know, what you would look for. Certainly, in today's world, nobody has to be local. (laughs) So so we've got clients all over the country, you know, but, and so I would not red flag any travel agent because they're not local. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, what I would be looking for in a travel agent are, are a number of things. Um, so doing destination wedding groups is completely different than doing individual travel. So that's one big factor right there. It's Individual travel, somebody wants to go on a honeymoon, somebody wants to take a family vacation, that's really quite simple for the travel agent side of things to book. Um, it's not a very complicated ordeal on our side of things. When we get into a contracted group, you know, we're signing a, a group contract with the resort for, you know, 50 rooms. It's a, you know, could be 100, 150, $200,000 contract that mm-hmm. we're signing. And people don't realize, our you know, our couples don't realize this because we don't tell them this, but we're on the hook for that. You know, if we don't manage that room block correctly and we run into penalties, um, the hotel's not coming after our bride, the the hotel's coming after me Mm -hmm. because I'm the one that has the contract with the hotel. So with that said, I think a big, uh, the red flag I'm saying people should look out for is you want to make sure you're working with a travel agent that is experienced in destination wedding groups because group contracts, the liability is intense, um, immense, immense, Um, and there, there's just so much to consider on the travel agent side of things. So you want to make sure you have somebody who's very experienced with groups. One big red flag that I always say to all my couples is if you meet with a a travel agent and they tell you that you don't need a room block for your destination wedding, go to the next one, Mm -hmm. (laughs) because that is a big, big red flag to me. Um, and I'm saying this because I'm literally dealing with every single group we have in fall and through spring of next year, where we're dealing with hotels that are sold out. Um, wow. Because the demand right now is just through the yeah. room. So if you did not do a room block and you're trying to book um, some of our properties, uh, you, you're not you're not getting your guests. Some of your guests maybe maybe wow. book, and the rest of the guests can't get reservations. And meanwhile, you've deposited for a, a wedding. Yeah. And you you're, you're kind of stuck, and it's really a bad spot um, to put people. But those are some red flags to me as far as what you will be looking for in a travel agent. Just because you need to look for those people that are that do it full time. This is not just a side gig. This is not you know some make some extra money and sell a couple honeymoons type thing like it was for me when I started. Um, because now this is everything to us, and it's mm-hmm. definitely it takes a full time job and it, it takes an experienced agent to know how to navigate those group contracts.
0: Yeah, and also with that. There's been some, you know, I kind of scope out the Facebook groups and see what brides are talking about. If they don't have, if they don't know how to look for a destination wedding travel agent, sometimes they'll just Google it. And there are certain companies out there. Again, I won't name names, but that say, you know, they are four destination weddings, they'll plan the whole thing. What are some red flags to look for there? Because I have seen brides say, oh yeah, I use them. They were great. And other brides say, stay as far away as possible. How do they differ from what you do as far as handling the wedding?
1: Yeah. So it's, it's completely different. So the, the larger agencies, um, they we're, we're a small agency. We're right. My, my team is my wife. Me, we've got three girls that work with us as well. And then we have um, four independent contractors that operate their own agency that are affiliated with us. So we're a very small team. Um, you know, groups is pretty much 95% of what mm-hmm. all of us does. And it's, you know, it, it's the personalized service of
0: yeah. having
1: a family-run business, right? And I think in the, in, <laughs> not to say you can't have an amazing experience with the larger agencies. Um, I'm sure you can but it's just the way that they handle their business, that they have a lot of part-timers, a lot of people that are, are just joining them because they will give them leads. And it's, they're just, they they don't always have the best agents. They can, there are some great agents yeah. that work with them, um, but they, not all of them are. And unfortunately, those are where the bad experiences come from.
0: Yeah, I all think- the
1: Roll of the dice. Yeah, you
0: know. I think my personal opinion, it's similar to these resorts that, Pride themselves on destination weddings. They can be great and they can have a great experience, but it is a multi-million dollar business. So they're churning out weddings consistently all the time, which isn't a negative, you know, it's sometimes not a bad thing. And in fact, it can be a really good thing because they know what they're doing. But with bigger companies like that, like you said, it's all about the experience. If you don't, if you feel like just a number, you know, that's like with anything. If you feel like you're just a number to them, you're gonna feel like, you know, they're not getting back to you soon enough or there's more room for error because they're handling so many weddings at the same time. I guess those are just a couple of things that I've heard brides say too.
1: Yeah. And and going on that. It's not even like, you know, what a, a perfect analogy is it's it's the resort photographers. Yeah. Okay. So it's a perfect analogy because, you know, when you hire an individual photographer, you're hiring somebody that's clearly passionate about what they do. They're started, they've started their own business and they're operating their business for themselves as a photographer. Okay. When you hire the resort photographer at the vast majority of resorts, you don't realize it, but you are using a huge, huge company that's contracted to provide Mm. the services at this resort um, and probably contracted to provide the services at all of their resorts throughout the (laughs) trip. So they don't hire, you know, they're not looking, if, if, if from a photographer standpoint, if you are good enough to be out on your own, doing weddings on your own, that's what you're going to do because you're going to make more money there, right? You're not going to go work for this large, huge conglomerate where they just hire everybody. Right. Because to them, they're just trying to fill a spot so that they have that wedding covered. It's what every wedding's a number. And to the indiv- individual photographer, their name's on the on the company. Yeah. <laughs> so, so it's a completely different experience. It's very similar to that, how I would uh, um, do the analogy between the, the larger agencies like that.
0: Yeah. I, I just I um, I hope that a lot of brides who don't really know how to find an agent well obviously um, they can listen to this podcast and hear you talk about it and hopefully go to you but you know if they don't have somebody else that they knew that had a, a destination wedding it, it it's it can be scary because you don't even really know where to look who to trust and thankfully like you said I think social media is helping a lot with that because people are just able to find these smaller companies um, that, like you said, post on stories all the time, like their real life instances and brides sharing, you know, your information and stuff like that, that makes them a little bit more comfortable with going with them. So,
1: yeah, I also, I, I think the, uh, and not only, not only seeing, you know, obviously couples experiences and if you, anybody in your group is uh, family and friends went through a destination wedding, ask them how their experience was. Yeah you know, ask them everything about how they got started, how they, you know, throughout the entire process, um, because they having gone through it, they'll have some good information to share, but Facebook groups is huge. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there are, there are so many Facebook groups dedicated to every single resort out there. And you know, I, I think I'm just a fan of not going general. I don't think, you know, going to the general overall destination wedding, you know, like Punta Cana brides or something. Yeah. Like, that. like I, because it, everything is so specific to the resort. So I think going to the, the specific resorts, like fans group or their wedding site, weddings groups, they, all these Facebook groups are so helpful. Um, you know, there's not really a platform on Instagram that I'm aware of, um,
0: with that community base. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think that community base is huge in Facebook, even though Facebook, a lot of people don't use Facebook, a lot of the younger. Crowd yeah. Not use Facebook. That's
0: yeah. And I think that's what kind of Facebook is turning into is more of the go there to find my questions answered. (laughs) Um, But with that, I would say it can be a little confusing because like you said, the, a lot of the times the couple doesn't even know what resort they're going through until after they've picked the travel agent. So I think those bigger destination wedding groups are good to start with because then they see a lot of the comments of, you know, I got married here, or this is what I'm going with. And, and then kind of steering away from those into the individual resorts
1: can be. 100%. Hundred percent. Yeah, a little
0: easier. So, okay. Well, moving on. So, we had a couple of fun questions for you. So, one of them was your biggest piece of advice for couples, either planning their destination wedding or just specifically on their wedding day. Um, for those brides that are li- listening, with all the experience that you have, did you have a piece of advice you'd want to share?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, other than obviously resort selection being everything in <laughs> determining everything about your spend and how the experience will be overall. Once that decision is made, let it ride, you know, just, just, just don't fret about anything after that because it is what it is after that. Right. And most of our destination wedding couples tend to, be the more laid back, relaxed yeah. type of bride anyway. So it usually is a perfect fit, um, you know, to do a destination wedding because it's challenging. You know, planning a destination wedding is not for the type A personality that wants to plan everything out from day one. It's very, you're going to find it very stressful and challenging then because the vast majority of resorts don't actually get into the details of planning the, the you know, they actually, you know, hey, what, chair covers are you gonna have chargers are gonna be on the reception table like in all of you don't get into those details until like somewhere around you know three months before travel usually Mm -hmm. so that to a type A personality can be really 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 stressful so you've gotta just know what you're getting into. Um, and if you know that beforehand, um, it'll just make everything so much smoother. But trust the team. Like you said, these teams do weddings every single day of the week. Um, you know, one of the resorts that I said we're having inventory issues with, uh, they are literally booked through, I think, July of 2022, every single day of the week for weddings. Wow. Every single day. So, you wow. know, when we're thinking of local market, we always think like Friday, Saturday, Sunday weddings. Yeah. Right? But, And Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday is never happening for a wedding, but in the destination wedding market, it, it, it happens all the time. So, you know, once you make those decisions, once you've decided on the resort, let's, you know, let the team do what they do, you know, and even, even when we talk about, I actually had this conversation this morning, even, even talking about the minute details of your wedding, like this morning, somebody had posted in one of our groups, you know, about planning for the DJ. And thinking about hey, the DJ lets me pick 60 songs, and I've already picked 70. And I'm just sitting there thinking, what? Why are you picking 70 songs? Why are you getting into the minutia of that? Mm. Because having been to a thousand weddings myself, I can tell you that the DJ needs to do their job and read the crowd. And that's not (laughs) something you can plan for. And one of my one of my good friends' weddings, he planned out every single song the DJ would play and in order gave the DJ no control at all. And it was a disaster. Oh, it was a disaster because the DJ's job is to be a professional, let them read the crowd, let them play according to what the crowd Mm -hmm. is doing at that time. Because as much as you want to predict it beforehand, when it comes to wedding day, the flow may not be what you had in your mind. Yeah. So that's the biggest thing is just, you know, be a roll with the flow and type of bride. Yeah. Um, as much as you can be, and the, even though I know it's hard for a lot of Type A personalities um, to do that, you know that's you've got to go into it with that mentality.
0: Right, and I think I have a I have a post written about you know the pros and cons. Well, it's mostly the pros of having a travel agent, and one of one of them is. Because they're there to take the stress away. Like, you know, like you said, with the minute details, if you're worried that the resort isn't getting back to you about something specific, a lot of the times, if you have a good agent, they're kind of taking care of that part for you. They're constantly checking in with them, making sure that they're, you know, on track with the timeline and everything. So the bride doesn't have to be doing that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. The agents, uh, you know, experienced agent will guide, guide you through everything, um, you know, so that it, it does take a lot of that stress off, off of your back.
0: Yeah. I'm, I'm pro uh, travel agent, if you haven't <laughs> guessed already. <laughs> well, I always
1: th- Here's one thing that always gets me. And, and I, I know there are agents that work differently than I do. But I think still the vast majority of agents don't charge a fee. Right. Right. So I'm very transparent about how we work. We earn a commission off of every single booking. Okay. So the same way I, I always I always bring it up because, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not that old yet. I'm, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm young enough to have a lot of my friends and family when I tell them that I'm a travel agent or when I tell somebody new that I'm a travel agent, they say, what? That's still a thing. Yeah. Travel agents, they're still what? And so they're very confused by that. I always go back to them and say, yeah, we're still a thing. How How'd you book your last trip? Oh, I booked it on my own at Expedia. I say, my response to that is, oh, so you booked it with a travel agency. Mm-hmm. And my mind is like, oh, wait a second yeah that's all you did you just booked it with a travel agency that isn't you know isn't a family-run business right <laughs> a Large, huge corporation that made you do all the work yourself and you know and, and particularly with groups you, if you book a group on your own I mean you're leaving thousands and thousands of dollars on the line yeah um, you're leaving it on the table because you're not going to get those constant incentives it's you know it's just ridiculous but that you what do you have to lose using a travel agent you, you literally it doesn't cost you anything
2: right we are
1: I, I tell people like we we're your advocate. If there's a lower rate somewhere else, I want to know about it mm. because I work off commission. I don't want your guest booking through through that website. Yeah, I want your guest with me because that's how I make my living. Yeah. But also, my couple wants the guest booking with me because if it's one free room for every six booked, then that seventh room is free, and one person didn't book. You know, that fourteenth person. Yeah. Didn't book with me, they booked on their own. Well, they may have just robbed a couple of, you know, thousand, two thousand dollars. Yeah. So. And
0: I was gonna, I was gonna mention. Um, you said most travel agents don't charge a fee. Would you consider that a red flag if they did? No. Okay.
1: No, not at all. Because
0: you do see that on Facebook a lot too. Like, how to know which ones to book, and and the vast majority say they shouldn't charge you anything, and I I think that's a misconception. Like they're thinking that they're trying to scam them, but there are certain instances where it could, it, it, it could happen and they're still a legitimate company.
1: Yeah, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. No, that's, that's not a red flag at all. I, I, you know, there are, you know, there are a lot of travel agencies that provide extra for that. You know, I, I'm a colleague of mine. She does, you know, she charges a fee But she's also sending out like welcome bags to all your guests, right? So so that you don't have to, right? Yeah. She's doing something for that, and it's just included as part of her her services, right? So um, so no, that's not a red flag at all. You know, it's every agency does it differently. Um, you know, and I'm not gonna lie to you, like even just requesting a proposal and 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 getting to the point of the process before a client's actually booked with us, it's a lot of work, yeah. So, you know, we structure our business that We don't, we don't charge a fee for that, Um, you know, but I could completely see how an agent would, because if they don't end up booking that group, they put in a lot of work at that time to not book the group. So it does steal away their time. Us personally, we've just had pretty good success rate once we, you know, if we do a call and we limit our calls too, like, you know, I, I limit my consults. I've got one consult a day, usually um, every weekday, and they are only available to schedule seven days out. So that's always on a rolling basis. So mm. scheduling calls, you know, seven days out. You know, we've been full for months. For you know, every day that it opens up, a new consult comes in. But we do that strategically because we don't want our customer service to decline. Right. We want you know we want to make sure that we're not taking too much, and that when a lead comes in, if I hop on the consult, I can give the consult all the attention that it needs. Yeah. I can get the proposal. I can do everything I need to do. I just think it's a better strategy for us because we don't have a lot of consults that if they do a destination wedding, they're booking with us. They're not You yeah. know what I mean? So it's just, that's how we structure it. So we don't have to charge a fee this way, but not a red flag for other agents to charge fees at all. I think a lot of them do.
0: Yeah. Well, all right. I think we covered pretty much everything I wanted to talk about. So I thought we could um, end on a good note and just ask if you had any funny or crazy stories you've had to share either. I guess now I could say even with the photography business, you know, prior to that or prior to this, obviously not to scare any of the brides away or anything, but.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, no. Uh, <laughs> I, I, so I've got two stories. <laughs> so, mm. so, so one, I'm trying to try to tell in a way that will not scare people uh, <laughs> but skip as well. Okay. So my very first destination wedding. I was a photographer. At, I was uh, no, I'm sorry. My first destination wedding that that I was both photographer mm. and travel agent for. I was in Jamaica, and I arrived um, and found out that the groom had um, had a bit of an accident. So this is my tip. My tip is to be careful, and you know, just be extremely careful whenever you're out of the country. Period. Okay. It's not a time to try new foods that you've never oh, tried or no. be allergic to. That's not what happened in this oh, case. Okay, it's, okay. You know. uh, but, but it's also just, you've just got to be careful all the time. The groom had a little bit of an accident where a golf cart was involved and uh, he had fallen out of the golf cart and um, cracked his head.
0: Oh my gosh. Badly.
1: So he had a pretty severe concussion, um, so bad that the wedding portion they made it through the ceremony on wedding day but after that he had to go to the hospital after that and then he cut his vacation short and flew home the next day oh no doctors in Jamaica wanted to do surgery on him and all this it was horrible horrible. so um I just felt so bad for the couple it was just such a ordeal to have gone that far to do the wedding and all your friends and family are there and it just it was a bad situation now he's fine you know everything worked out fine but it was it was a bad situation during the time. So you know, uh, uh, always, 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 and leading up to your wedding, oh, just, just be careful. Just don't go out. <laughs> just don't. Just like, you know what I mean? Like, you know, I will it, say. You want to party on wedding night? Go
2: for it. <laughs> yeah. Like,
1: but before then, let's just get through the wedding. <laughs> so, yeah. So that's my tip. Um, you know, based off of a bad story. That you know, again, it, it turned out. It turned out okay. And then, you know, so, some other things, I know hurricane season is a big question mark, mm-hmm. right? When we're talking about destination weddings, hurricane season is a big question mark for couples planning their wedding in, in the islands, um, you know, anywhere throughout the Caribbean. And <laughs> one, once I had, uh, last year, we were actually hit by three hurricanes in Cancun Riviera Maya area in like October, which is mm. typically late in hurricane season for us. And one of my, all of the first two uh, hurricanes, I think happened like right in between weddings. So it was like, we had a wedding this weekend and a hurricane hit, and then oh. we had another wedding and a hurricane. And so it was like working out perfectly for yeah. us. And then the last one came and we had a couple, and it was scheduled to hit literally like the day before when all of our guests were supposed to arrive. Mm. And you know, the, the bride, the br- or no, two days before because the, de- the day before it was going to clear it out when all of our guests were supposed to arrive the two days before when the bride was supposed to arrive mm. was when the hurricane was supposed to hit so we're like and I, you know of course when it comes in they don't know how bad it's going to be it's it's projected at a hurricane five you know they had no clue <laughs> i i get a call you know three three days before you know the bride's supposed to go uh i'm sorry four days i'm getting my numbers mixed up mm-hmm. i get a call a little bit before the bride's supposed to go to her wedding and i'm thinking She's watching the weather. A hurricane's supposed to hit. She's probably freaking out. What can we do? The, her, the hotel hasn't issued any you know, waivers mm-hmm. as far as change policies or anything like that at this point. So we're just you know, waiting. And I'm thinking to answer the call and thinking she'll just be like, "I've got to move it. I've got to cancel." You know, I'm preparing for that call. <laughs> and I answer the phone and she's, "I've got to get there tomorrow." <laughs> this is her reaction, and I'm like, "Okay, okay." You- <laughs> You know the hurricane's supposed to hit tomorrow night. <laughs> she's like, I know, I'm done. I've got it. She had already rescheduled because of COVID. Oh. And she's like, I've just, I've I've got to get through this. I want, you know, I would come this far. I want to get this wedding on oh with my gosh. I want to get this done. And she's like, Can you get me there tomorrow? And I'm like, Yeah, let me take a look. <laughs> I'm like, last minute reservations are not generally the cheapest, just certainly to add a day. Like you know, it gets harder to add to make changes as closer you get. And so I'm like, yeah, we, you know, I called the resort, we can get them added on It's like $600 to spend the night there for one more night. So she's like, okay, get me on. And she changed her flight and we got her on there. And um, <laughs> she, she's sending me, uh, she's sending me um, Instagram messages that night when they're, they're in the fallout shelter in the ballroom with oh my all God. the other guests of the resort. <laughs> $600 to spend the night in the ballroom with all the other guests. It was great. But she had some great stories to tell. Oh, everything my God. It was one night and, the, and the, the hurricane didn't end up being that big of a deal. The resort opened up the next morning. All was well. Wow. The wedding went on as planned. She got there. She got there with everything, got there on time. Everything went smoothly. And hats off to the team. Uh, that the yeah. Do you? That.
0: Did they have, um, if she would have waited the the next day, do you think she
1: would have made it? She wouldn't have made it that day really no all the flights were canceled that day so she would definitely not have gotten in that day which just made it harder because anybody that was traveling that day got pushed yeah you know the next day flights were full right so it would have been more challenging to 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 try to get in that it was she still would have arrived before her wedding but it would have been more challenging for her to get there because of the flight issue being so compacted then so it, you know it worked out perfectly and nobody else was arriving that day when she was supposed to arrive all her guests were arriving the next day so they were already booked on their flights anyway so they didn't yeah. get off. The, the airport opened back wow. up the morning. it was just it was cake after that but she was the only question mark one and it, <laughs> was, it was really cool to see how that went again me thinking oh good go oh goodness she's you know flipping out because she you know what do i do and i get it like it's a yeah. hard spot to be in but especially gotta-
0: with like you said uh, because of COVID already having to push it back. I feel my heart went out to all of those couples who, you know, a lot, unfortunately just came to the decision of, you know what, we're just going to cancel and, and not do it. So to have that happen. And then she's probably like, there's no way I'm not doing this. Get me on that flight.
1: (laughs) A hundred percent. We had a lot of brides that, um, you know, if they were able to cancel, because we had a lot of brides that were, you know, were were in penalty. They were supposed to go and, you know, at the, in March, Mm. they were supposed to travel and then they weren't able to cancel. So then they had to reschedule, um and we got a couple of those weddings actually come coming up. Most of them have actually just gotten married locally and just did a small ceremony in last year at some point. Um, you know, just maybe just them and now they're just doing the party now. So it's yeah, a good time. I'm it- glad to see them come through though, because those are the ones that I have the most bond with. I'm like, we've been through war together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so trying to deal with all the changes and all the policies and all the all the different policy changes from the resorts. And it was um, Yeah, it was quite something to go through. Yeah.
0: Well, I think that kind of wraps everything up. But I just wanted to say again, thanks for uh, signing up for a time with me. This was a great conversation. I think it's really going to help a lot, a lot of couples, you know, in making the decision. Kind of like what we talked about, and even picking a travel agent, what to look for, what to not look for, what the process looks like once they have contacted somebody, um, and hopefully eases their mind as they start their planning journey.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Happy to help. And um, it was it was fun chatting with you.
0: Thank yes, you. thank you. And I, um, I just want to mention too, just for everyone that will be listening, I will link your website and your social media in the show notes of the episode. Let me know if you want me to include anything else in there. But otherwise, for anybody looking to find you, it will be there, so. Awesome, thank you so much. All right, thank you, bye-bye.
1: Thank you, have a good one.
0: You too.